Welcome to the Start, Scale, Succeed podcast with me, your host, Nicole Higgins, the Buy and Retail Coach, sharing tips, advice, and insight from entrepreneurs that have just launched to multi-million pound business owners. We will be discussing the challenges they faced, advice they would give, and the milestones they achieved and how they got there. Also joining me will be a broad range of experts with some tips and practical how-tos, episodes that will help your business grow and to enable you to live the life you crave. The types of experts that you'll hear from will be those that you will find beneficial as you start and scale your business, from branding and social media experts to mindset coaches and PR marketing. There will also be solo episodes from me discussing a variety of topics from sourcing to maximizing the profit in your business. Today's episode of Start, Scale, Succeed, I'm joined by Emmy Pugh, founder of ladies fashion brand Sunday and Soul. A brand launched during the pandemic, it is inspired by sunny places with comfort, joy and confidence at its heart. Emmy shares her journey from going from a marketing career to setting up the brand, the highs and lows and goes into detail about how and why she set up the brand and gives advice to those who would like to follow in her footsteps. much for having me first of all so Sunday and Soul um is a we're all about casual comfy clothing um uh sorry casual comfy color so um I have always always worn really bright colors and it's it was always kind of my thing um and I, I never quite felt myself when I was wearing blacks and grays um and I sort of noticed that not only did I feel really good when I was wearing it, but I noticed how other people would react to it. And I'd find that, like, you know, if I was in an office environment, I'd, I'd wear like a sort of neon pink, um, like knitted jumper and people would like, oh, wow, I love your jumper. Oh, I could never wear it, but I'd love, I love your jumper. And I'd always think, why can't you wear it? Why, mm-hmm. what's this barrier that you have that why they think it doesn't suit you or that you don't think it's, you're, you're sort of not brave enough or that it's not um, right for the environment that you're in, maybe. So that's kind of how it had always been throughout my life. Um, so yeah, so Sunday and Soul is, it's all about colour, but I went, at the moment, I went for a much more casual uh, vibe because it's just really how I've always dressed. Like, I, I love to get dressed up for an occasion, but I'm I'm from Glastonbury. I'm from the southwest of England, and and um, there's a there's a quite a strong kind of skate and surf culture that comes that's naturally there when you're from the southwest of England. It's yeah. a very very relaxed vibe. So um, even being in, so I'm in Bristol now, and I remember in a couple of my previous jobs um where we i'd need to go to london a couple of times a month and me and my friend would always joke like oh we're getting dressed up because we're going to london because it's such a different vibe and people the things that you can wear in london if you if you wore them in bristol people would be like where are you going even though that that shouldn't matter that should not matter um and now i'm totally getting so much more comfortable in my own skin to think it just doesn't matter i don't care if i look like i'm going to a wedding on a school run yeah. um uh a le- um, lovely lady anna that lives here in bristol her she's um her handle is always a fashion parade and she's one of my friends now and she is a massive advocate for that like that don't don't wait for best there's no best like just yeah wear what you feel like wearing yes and so you set the brand up a year ago or just over a year ago, but this isn't your, you know, this, you, this isn't the background you've come from. Talk about a little bit about before you set the brand up, where, 
what industry you're in, what made you um, start the brand. So a little bit about the beginning of Sunday and Soul. Okay, so um, I, I've always wanted my own company, my own business. Um, when I was younger, I knew that it wasn't the right time though. I, I, I was quite aware that I was quite naive about a lot of things and it just wasn't the right time. And I was happy to work in other places and learn and kind of be a bit of a sponge and I have I've never really worked in a big corporate environment I've only worked in small some startups and some smaller and, and, a, and a sort of small scale corporate um and yeah so I just I kind of made it my mission to be a sponge in those situations I always saw I always saw entrepreneurs and people that ran their own businesses particularly women almost like rock stars that's how I, I would see them. Like I would really look up to them and um, I just think I want to be like them one day. To me, it is success, totally. Like I wouldn't want to be a singer or an actor or, you know, if you could choose anything, I'd want to have my own business. That is something I just, it's, I don't know, it was something I almost like needed to prove to myself. I'm not sure. So my background is... Um, a bit higgledy-piggledy. I studied television and I went into television as kind of my very first career, but it was very short-lived because I decided I didn't want to live in London. Um, and then I kind of fell into working for a company that had, that were a distributor. So they would get uh, brands from other countries and launch them in the UK. Okay. Yeah. Um, that was a massive, brilliant education for me in the buying process, um, in retail in general, um, in margins, in, um, uh, you know, sourcing good product. And, um, and then also it was a very clever business because it bought um, products in from other countries, distributed them um, as wholesale. So like John Lewis or Sweaty Betty, because it was um, sportswear and swimwear that we were doing. Yeah. But they also... And this was when e-commerce was first taking off. They started selling end to end uh, to the end customer as well. Yeah. So it. So then I started learning about e-commerce. Um, so that was brilliant. And then from there, I went into a pure e-commerce business. So it was quite a big um, business selling luxury hair and beauty products. And I actually went in as a buyer. Okay. Um, and. It makes me laugh because I kind of had to be a buyer and a merchandiser all in one. And I cannot do maths for toffee. Like I, I, I'm, I'm sure I have some kind of number dyslexia. It's so bad. I, when I first got the job, I used to have to go out at lunchtime and ring my dad and say, <laughs> I, I'd make notes and be like, right, I'm trying to work out this percentage, dad. Is this right? Is this how I should do it? Um, but luckily I worked with amazing, like amazing bosses and it was like, it was okay that I was rubbish at that bit. What I was really great at was seeing, seeing the market, seeing what we needed to be buying in and then um, creating relationships with those brands so that we could get the best promotions and great margins and that kind of thing. But again, being a buyer, I think it's the most amazing job to really understand retail and understand your profit and your P&L and and so coming at I, I feel like I've had a really amazing foundation and but in that business I then kind of 
um, sidestepped over into marketing because I'm just naturally a lot more creative and there was people coming into the business that were going to be better at buying than me, better at merchandising. And I just really wanted to get my kind of fingers into creative stuff. And how long had you been thinking about setting up the brand? How long had you been thinking about doing your own thing before you finally took the plunge? And what was it that made you just go, yep, now's the time? Um, years but not 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 in the um not specifically Sunday and Soul more a product based business because that's where all my um that's where all my experience was I yeah. knew I doubt and I have a real passion for all products whether it's um in a supermarket whether it's luxury and niche and high-end whatever it is um and I think I had lots of different ideas and I finally, I don't know, I couldn't tell you what it was, but a switch went and I gave myself permission to, to say, I actually really want to do clothing, even though I don't have a background in fashion. That's what I really like and that's what I really want to do. So I'm going to do it. And I think by then so many other ind small independent brands were emerging through yeah. I was seeing a lot of other people doing it and I was I'm very competitive and I think I just thought well if they can give it a go I can give it a go I think that's a great thing one of the great things about um social media and Instagram is instead of a lot of people talk about comparisonitis and not feeling good enough and I think that a good thing to do is it and I don't mean to compare but to use those people as proof it's possible um, so that you know like you say if they can achieve it you can as well. It's just taking the steps to do it. So what made you then leave your, so you were on maternity leave. Is that right? When yeah. So like, I, I, before I knew I was pregnant, I knew I was going on maternity leave. So I actually was doing some things in the background. Um, and then I went on maternity leave at the exact same time we went into the first lockdown. So I had my baby, my second child, my baby two weeks into the first lockdown. Um, and how COVID, the COVID situation obviously has been absolutely horrific for so many people in so many ways. But for Sunday and Soul, it has been um, really bittersweet, but a, a real kind of chance, what like chance of encounter because my husband couldn't work. Yeah he's a self-employed tennis coach so he couldn't work he was off work for about the first one probably nine weeks and um it just gave me a chance to even though I had a baby which obviously was hard it just gave me the chance to get my head down because there was someone as another adult around all the time yeah looking after the family and sorting out that kind of thing and yeah. what what made you think of Sunday and Soul then? So I know that you said you're talking about clothing. So how did, so it's a very strong brand in terms mm. of the, the colours. I know you talked before about colours, but your look and your branding is very, is very strong and it's very, um, you know, instantly identifiable as Sunday and Soul, which is great as a, as a mark of a brand. How did you get to that point? Um, so I've worked more, with my marketing background, I've worked more specifically in brand over the last couple of years. I... That's totally my passion, and I, I have, I, I just had from the very start a really strong vision for what I wanted Sunday and Soul to look like, sound like, taste like, touch like, and um, for me, it was all about building a brand that could 
be a totally rounded lifestyle brand whereby you could pick up a cup and someone would say that's Sunday and Soul and it doesn't need to have Sunday and Soul written on it. Mm -hmm. um, because that's, that's where you get, for, I believe that's where you get the success, the longevity, the reach, um, the flexibility and where you can go with the, with the brand. So it was just all about a certain color palette. I, I have this kind of um, like color radar and it goes both ways. So there's colors that make me feel, colors make me feel something. The ones that I love make me feel amazing. And the ones that I really, there's a lot that I really don't love and they also make me feel really uncomfortable. Like I, I can't physically wear red. I can't, I can't have anything to do with red in my life. It's so weird. It's just, makes me feel icky and so um yes it was it was just very much about um having a slightly kind of like i mentioned before you know slightly surfy slightly hippie um but but nothing too strong in one direction um because i i knew i needed to keep it commercial to a certain extent and not yeah. be and yes, exactly. It's trying to keep it, like you say, accessible. And so just in terms of some nitty gritty questions about how you how you started and you talked about, um, share a little bit about the funding of the brand and how the startup costs, if you can yeah. share some of that. And also um, how you found your suppliers, whether it, is it UK made or, you know, a little bit about that as well. Okay, so um, my first... Um, plan, business plan for the brand was a lot bigger than I really did in the end. I Once I decided this is what I want to do, I was like, go big or go home. So I actually, I put together like a four year P&L, which is just ridiculous because that's just like pissing in the wind, but, um, and a, a, you know, a kind of rough business plan. And then I actually decided to go down the investment route so um, I started going down that route and the way I went down it was at, was um, kind of friends of friends. So I had sort of three or four friends, friends uh, through my husband's work. He knows quite a lot of wealthy people that have money that they may want to invest in things. Um, and I went and sort of pitched to a few of them and I started down that process and it was just feeling not, I, I just wasn't feeling sitting well it wasn't feeling nice I didn't like a lot of the questions they were asking me I already felt like I had a boss when I just done everything to come away from having a boss mm -hmm. um and also so my takeaway was I decided not to do that and as soon as I decided not to do it I felt so much better instantly but my takeaway was just because someone's got personal wealth doesn't mean they're comfortable um sharing it uh, sorry it doesn't mean they're comfortable investing it i ultimately invest being an investor is gambling it's a gamble and uh, they would keep, keep asking for guarantees and i was like you know what like there's no one that wants to make this business work more than me but i can't guarantee that and i i yeah. need to night if you think that that's what you want from me is a total guarantee on these numbers um uh, yeah, in the way that something like a, a VC sort of company that, that that's their, is that right, VC? Yeah. Yeah. Um, their, their business is to find businesses to, to make money from. 
So I scrapped that and I was like, shit, okay, well, what do I do now? Because I don't, I'm not sat on loads of um, savings. Um, so again, COVID, it was the COVID situation. Um, because my husband's self-employed, he got um, the COVID bounce back loan. <laughs> he loaned it to me and that's how I started. And I think my first... So I spent money, I think my first stock order, I spent about £4,000. And um, was that your biggest expense at the beginning? So you'd already covered your branding and your website. That was your biggest, your stock was your biggest expense. Yeah, I spent about £1,000. Did I spend £1,000? I can't remember. But maybe about £500 on working with a designer on branding and, no, probably about £1,000 and on the f initial few designs. Like I loads of sketching and then she brought it to life um and then i built the website myself on shopify and okay. yeah so it was just stock and then um just really quickly my vision for the brand was not really this there's nothing wrong with this but um i wanted it to be so much more bespoke and all of my ideas but i also went down the route of trying to find factories abroad designers factories abroad talking to middlemen about that etc and I just felt that the minimum order quantities that they wanted and needed I wasn't able to afford them if I wanted to launch a, a, a collection even yeah. if five things I could I didn't want to launch with one product mm -hmm. I needed to buy 200 of them a minimum of 200 of them at the time um, and that was really um, sh shit for me like I just felt gutted about that but one of my, I kind of got a mentor from my, one of my old companies and he sort of said, you've got this far, M. I can see you, you've, you've got such a vision. You've got to do something, just do something. And so I went down the route of um, using kind of like wholesale products. So I chose two suppliers that are super, super um, amazing quality, sustainably sourced. So they're, they're, they are made in Bangladesh and India, but it's all um, sort of like fairware certified, got certified. I've spoken, I've emailed them loads of times to ask them really specific questions and they can, you know, they're really transparent, um, you know, in terms of, you know, they're not employing children and they're paying yeah. fair. Or, yeah. They're or ethical and have the audits and all of that. And then I use a really amazing printer embroidery um, company in the UK. Okay, so you get the blanks from from uh, Bangladesh and India, and then when they come over, you print them and make them your own when they get here. Yes, but the printers buy them for me because they got, get a lot better price. Yeah. Right, and so so you started and you have you spend your four thousand on stock, and the sales start coming in. So how did you did you do a launch? Was it quiet? Was it you know was it a soft launch? How did that process go as well? And if um, anyone has any questions as you're coming in that you want to ask, Em, just put in the comments as well. Um, so I launched um, my Instagram page. I didn't have any any products to show or anything, but I just had, I, I just took my brand vision and I got lots of different kind of pictures from places like, um, oh God, I can't think of them now, but yeah, they're kind oh, of... Probably. And yeah, like right rights free places that you can use with my color palette and I just was speaking about my vision and I was doing stories so I was building up to it 
um, and managing to get followers. I've, I just remember on my personal um, Instagram account, I had something like 247 followers, so friends and family, basically everyone that I knew. And in my head, I was like, I just need to get more than that. I just need to get more than that. That was like my target. And you know what? It took ages. It took ages to get past that that number. Um, but it was so nice. And, and for, for a minute, you have, I definitely had that feeling of like, oh my God, people are going to think, who the bloody hell do you think you are? Like, what are you doing? And then I just really quickly had to get over that and just yeah. put, like, put myself out there and do it. And um, yeah, so I started teasing that and then I just started to get more and more followers. I think probably by the time I launched, I had about a thousand followers maybe. And then, so when I, when I literally pressed the plug, I went on to pre, I did pre-order as well. Yeah. So, um, Book. so i started taking orders about three weeks before going to be in um and i had a really sort of nice flurry um over those first you know two or three weeks and then you know the, it, it it drops off and then you're like right now the real work's got to start what do i do um but because i come from uh, an e-commerce background and i've worked in e-commerce for many 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 years and I know a lot about social media, I knew that I couldn't achieve what I wanted to achieve for the business. This wasn't, a, I didn't want this to be a side hustle. I wanted this to yeah. be my life and I want to build a big business. I, like I, I, not a huge corporate, but I want, I want a really comfortable lifestyle as a result of putting shed loads of work into a business that's mine. Yeah. I'm happy to say that. Um, Anyway, so I knew that I couldn't do that organically on, on social media. It would just be so slow. So I knew I needed to start paying for advertising really quickly. And I'd always put that in my business plan anyway. It was always a huge part of the business plan. Um, so that's what I started doing. And I started working with um, one of my customers, actually. She bought from me and then we got kind of chatting on Instagram. And then she she had like a boutique um, social media ads um, business. And Anna from Neon Digital Clicks. We got on really, really well and we started working together and we did like a kind of trial um, because I did, after about a month of launching, I did um, like a bank holiday promo weekend. Yeah. Um, so we launched with ads then and it was just brilliant and it worked really well and then we've been working together ever since. Um, so, yeah, that's how it's been great as well because it has been, like you say, you're a brand that's been born in, born in the pandemic. So people have been online, you know, the sales of online brands has gone, have gone through the roof because no one can buy from a shop. So that's been, been really good for you. And um, in terms of when things are slow, is it, how do you keep yourself motivated? Um, a few things. So again, because I, because I've worked in e-commerce, I know that there's peaks and troughs and so I'm not panic too much I know that we all work on a kind of se slight seasonal basis some there's always a big summer slump when unless you're selling like sunglasses um when everyone goes on holiday and everyone's doing stuff with their kids and you know and obviously you're always going to get your Q4 insane peak which can actually like break a company because it can go so insane. So I sort of draw upon that experience, knowing that it's it it it, it won't just keep going down. I hope, 
but just very recently I, ha I have had my first big dip my own, my first dip since um launching so i launched in like the golden age of online selling ever so i thought i made a bubble but the bubble just kept giving and like it was like the gift that kept on giving so i was like oh maybe i'm not in a bubble maybe this is the business is just doing well and it's growing and that's great but the last few weeks as everything has started to properly open up and we've started to have lives again and childcare to pay for and holiday on and stuff everyone i've spoken to online like my small business friends have said the same and yeah. i think in big businesses as well because you can see they're all going like putting crazy promotions out um so i had some amazing advice from my friend emma who runs um the playful den instagram she's um she has she had her own um agency she grew and um she's now business coach and she gave me amazing advice very recently which was at times like this lean into your brand more than ever so whilst while sales are going well and it's and i have to be really busy obviously i'm, I'm thinking about brand stuff and marketing stuff and social media stuff but I also have to think about operational stuff a lot because there's a lot of that going on. When there's not so much of that going on, it's it's the chance to really go back and revisit why am I doing this? What problem am I solving for people? What do I want them to feel? What do I want them to be part of and feel part of? Um, how can I bring that to life? Where else might I want to sell? Like, like really, yeah. almost look at it like a creative brief yeah revisiting revisiting your pillars i suppose a little bit at the beginning i suppose that covers part of i would say uh, modolis has asked a question about do you ever have days where it's hard to keep trusting the vision or believing in yourself um no <laughs> i i really do believe it like i i um yeah of course occasionally do you know the only thing that makes me feel like that is because i'm not earning anywhere near as much amount of money that i was earning in my career before because i'm i just invest basically my wage currently pays for my childcare, and that is it yeah but i'd like to add the yeah. word yet at the end of your first sentence yeah. because you know i think it will come with the community that you have and the products that you have as well and uh, helen mentioned that your that you have a lovely community on facebook where customers share what they what they bought and the fit of it as well so it's great to to harness that community and that feedback as well and um and then um see if there's any other questions that have come through um so yeah uh liana's asked an interesting question about she associates your brand so much with spring and summer because it is so bright. But I know you alluded to that a little bit in terms of even in the winter, you still wear bright clothes. What is autumn winter likely to look like? Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. I, so I feel really strongly that we are, we are um, kind of filling a hole, you know, lots of other companies are filling it too, but not enough. Um, whereby just because it's the winter i don't necessarily want to wear black gray navy or like burgundy or you know the, yeah. or the autumnal colors um so i actually don't i i really don't see sunday and soul seasonally like that um yes in terms of the garments so obviously there'll be a lot more tees and maybe in the future dresses um various other things caps winter beanies summer caps but in terms of the colours, no. Like, if you look at our beanie range, which was, 
I sort of was a bit nervous about launching beanies. I'm not really sure why, because I always wear beanies. Um, and we launched in like three different pinks, a purple, a mint, two different mints, a baby blue. And that, those are our success story. Like, well, I just couldn't keep them in stock. They were, they were just selling so quickly. So, um, yeah, I just don't, I just really don't see a difference between autumn and winter. And, thing is, and like you say, you can just change, you can change the weight, you can change some styling, uh, yeah. but you can still keep that, that brightness, that fun um, that is, you know, Sunday and so. And um, what about if, for people that are starting out, what would be the advice that you have for them? Um, if they if they have if they have taken the leap already to start and they've said yeah yeah i'm gonna do this and they've put some things in place i would say to them god uh what would i say to them i'd say it's very hard to manufacture confidence because confidence really comes with experience but you very quickly you will very quickly make mistakes but from those mistakes try and take confidence going into the next thing so for example when I first started I worked with a different printers I knew they were doing a shoddy job I I, I but I was like oh maybe they must know better than me they must like this must be okay I must have to accept this it must be normal to get that many misprints and not be kind of compensated for it etc not true and 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 I then managed to kind of take that anger and put it into confidence to go, do you know what, I'm going to go and find another one because this isn't okay for me and my money and working this hard. Same as I was man I was fulfilling from home, first of all, and then moved to a fulfillment centre and it was just horrific. It nearly broke us. It, it was so bad. Um, and at the end of November, so peak time, I had to just say, I really don't think this is okay. I can't risk this. And I just had to go in and take all of my stock out and bring it back home again. Which it is a was, big risk, you know, let's say. Um, but so I just, yeah, my, my advice would probably be, you will make mistakes. Try not to dwell on them. Don't ever feel like you failed because it's a mistake. See it as something that you can turn around and do better and, and learn from. And I think as well, like in some of the things that you're alluding to there is you have an innate instinct. And I think a lot of it is trusting your instinct. You know, you knew that that, that printing quality deep down, it wasn't right. And, you know, you knew to find something else. And I think it's holding that vision still in your mind of what you want it to be and doing everything that you can from service and product that what is in your head is what the customer gets from a product and a, from a service point of view as well and to keep to keep that really present in your mind and in what in what you do as well and like Leanne said sound, sounds like you trust your gut and judgment and it I think it absolutely is you know and um one last question that I have and if no if anyone else has any um questions in the comments um please add them but what's your um uh, I don't know how to pronounce that. Book, uh, UK, um, and intuition. Yes, is so is such a huge part of running a business, and you do it so well, Emmy. And lots of people agree with you on the red colour. I saw a lot of comments coming through going, "Yeah, I hate red. I don't like it." <laughs> um, but so, what is your? 
and some of it may be confidential so share what you can what's your kind of future vision for sunday and Soul? okay i wrote it down <laughs> um okay so in the short term where we're moving to now is is creating the bespoke products that where we wanted to start originally um so we are currently having items made in portugal mm -hmm. um and i'm kind of learning that process as well as i go because that's very very new to me and it's very different to what we do now because right now i i i can turn things around so quickly i have um like a production slot once a month and i can basically I have three weeks really to that I want to do this to making it. Yeah. Um, so I'm learning that now I'm working in three months, not three weeks. Um, but that's really exciting because now we have so much control. Um, so in the short term, it's to do that. Um, so I've just written bespoke products across all categories um, and to just really try and grow to become a well-known lifestyle brand that promotes well-being, activity, outdoor lifestyle, kindness and positivity. So to just keep hold of all of all of the things that we have that we, we, we can easily um, easily um, show as a, as a small business as we get bigger to keep them all to keep yeah. all positivity that integrity that that cust those customer relationships that community not lose that in any way uh, not that I think we're gonna sort of go stratospheric anytime soon but you know you just you see this happen don't you to other companies and I can see how it happens but um yeah i just feel that that's you know that's what i want to do and i and you know from a i'm not afraid to say that i i want to earn enough money to feel really comfortable i want to own a house by the sea <laughs> um yeah. i i want to schools aren't great where we live um i don't know i feel sort of very torn about state schools and private schools but if i could afford i probably would send my children to a private school i want to travel with my children and, and be able to afford that and also afford to get my business to a place where I can have balance in my life as well because right now there's no balance that yeah. I I literally eat sleep and breathe this business and I knew that like I've listened to every business podcast going and I knew it would be not until doing it that you're like Jesus you really you can't you just can't switch off but because you love it it's okay yeah and i think that's it's such an important point for people that are thinking of starting their own business or are on that journey it isn't easy you will be spending you will have late nights you are spinning all the plates but you know have you worked late nights for somebody else yes have you do you get as much satisfaction as you do working for your own business no you know and even if you're on less money to begin with the the potential uh, of your own business versus if you're working for somebody else um you know and the control that you can have of it and of your own life and your own situation is is a so you know such a different kind of thing and one of the questions that came through was about wholesale is that on your plans at all yeah definitely um so i'm in a, just a frustrating situation at the moment where my margins are just not good enough for wholesale so the wholesale pe pe i get a lot of people messaging me on instagram saying from boutiques like indie boutiques um asking if i can wholesale and then when i go back and say what's your margin expectations of course they want to pay what i pay yeah um, 2.5 or 2.8 markup 
so it's but you know i i i at this point i still wouldn't rule it out because i absolutely see it as a way of getting the brand out and also helping me get my order my order quantity up which means that i get a better price so i'm ultimately going to make more money when i'm selling direct to the customer um it's just making sure i'm not going to lose any money and also the, the admin time associated with it that i'm already completely stretched but absolutely i really want to sell um in independent boutiques um i really want to sell internationally in um in brick and mortar i don't really have any um i don't really have any aspirations to sell in any big retail chains because i think uh i mean if someone came knocking like tomorrow I probably wouldn't turn it down but i i just feel like it you kind of lose a little bit of the magic um potentially I think it depends on your part i think it depends sometimes on the partners or how you know it has to be it's back to that trusting your gut again if it's the right feel for you and outweigh yeah. what you will gain for it from it as a brand as well yeah but um i think there's so there's been so many comments that have come through about saying how inspiring you have been and um and that you obviously deserve the success that you've got and everyone loves the products, which is really good to hear. But a lot of people saying, one of the comments on Madonna said that she's just into a soft launch and it's been so inspiring listening to you from, you know, the last of what's happened on the last year, which is lovely to, to hear. Yeah. So, but thank you very much for joining me, Emmy. And um, I've loved having you. Sorry, you just broke up there. I've loved having you. And I really look forward to seeing your vision come to life. I think it's amazing. I love to see you in So I'm going to, on to buy some t-shirts and some hoodies soon thank you so much yeah it's been lovely and thank you so much for everyone that's come i hope you enjoyed that episode with emmy if you did i would love if you could leave a review and i look forward to chatting with you again next week if you would like to hear and see more from me then check out my instagram the buying retail coach or my website www.thebuyingretailcoach.com.